From the American Songwriter Podcast Network, this is Songwriter. My name is Ben Arthur. In today's episode, songwriter and painter Natalia Zuckerman writes a song about belief, inspired by the story of a hesitating skeptic. I'm Dodi Stewart, and I'm a writer and an editor and a storyteller and a Gemini. Dodi has been a freelance journalist, the deputy editor of Jezebel, and is currently the deputy editor of the New York Times Metro section, where she's recently written about growing up on the Upper West Side, interviewed talk show hosts Jesus and Mero, and moderated a panel discussion with the Wu-Tang Clan. Dodi wrote a brand new story for Songwriter. My piece is about finding things that you believe in, even if they are a little weird. In confusing times, Dodai seeks guidance from channels that some might dismiss as superstition. I turn to my horoscope and tarot cards and any messages from the universe I can find. It's human to wonder and to feel conflicted and to look for answers. And it's human also to decide these are the answers I want. <laughs> and I, these are the answers I'm going to take with me. In fact, Dodai is a devoted practitioner of tarot cards. She says that the cards allow people to recognize things they need to hear. It's a third party giving these cues and triggers to of things to discuss that didn't come from me and didn't come from the person. But together, interpreting them like helps tell the story. I went to my friend's house and there was a woman there I'd never met before. She was a total stranger and I offered to read her cards and I asked her for just a little bit of information. I just want to know what is her question that she's, what is the reason why she wants the cards read and what is the question that she's seeking answers to. She said she wanted to know about her love life. She didn't tell me anything about her love life, just that she wanted to know about her love life. So we you know, shuffled the cards, laid out the deck, and almost all of the cards that she pulled were pentacles, which is the symbol of money. And I told her, you know, you asked about your love life, but all I really see here are a lot of pentacles. This is all money related. And then she told me that she'd been secretly saving money to break up with her boyfriend and move out. Tarot, then, is a tool for separating signal from the noise of human desire. But when I asked whether Dadai believed in magic, she wasn't quite sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. 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 I'm not sure. This is Dodai Stewart with her story, Losing and Finding My Religion. I remember the singing, voices strong and loud, swelling under wooden beams in a tiny white building on a dirt road in the green, green woods outside of Juniper, Georgia. Dozens of people clapping along, some with eyes closed, emotional. The songs were about unseen forces, strength, power. Storm clouds arising, let's go home. This was my first experience with church. My father was an OBGYN and a former lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army who had a pilot's license at age 16. Very scientific, very logical. My mother was a math major and financial planner. We didn't belong to a church or a temple. No one said prayers before bed. But I wasn't raised without religion. It was all around me, all the time. I had all kinds of myths over and over again. 
Zeus turned into a swan. Daphne turned into a laurel tree. Anansi the spider trickster played games with the tribe. A beetle pushed the earth across the sky. I took classes at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and became obsessed with the ancient Egyptian Temple of Dendur, with its hieroglyphics, 1920s graffiti, carved with a sun disk and the wings of Horus. Growing up on the Upper West Side, I was invited to seders and ate bagels and lox and challah like my neighbors and attended a zillion bar mitzvahs. And of course, living in New York, there were all the great American religious traditions right here. Watching balloons based on cartoons float down Central Park West, gathering over a roasted bird, gigantic skyscraper of a Christmas tree, fireworks and lion dances in Chinatown. But for a time, I only went inside a church during the summers I spent at my grandparents' house in Georgia, my mother's parents. And even then, it was mostly when my grandmother was still alive. She would bake a cake and scrub our faces and put on her good wig and get my grandfather to carry us to church. We were fussed over by old ladies and given hard candy, and we didn't squirm much during the preaching because it was so dramatic, the shouts, the breaths, the testifying, the fans. Jesus was home. Jesus could fix anything. Jesus was a friend. What a friend we had in Jesus. There was a choir, a plinky piano, and cake. Church was a fun outing. There were also superstitions. You hold your breath when you pass a graveyard. Don't throw your hair in the trash. A bird will take it, make a nest, and make you crazy. Spilled salt goes over the shoulder. If someone sews a piece of clothing while you're wearing it, you have to put a match in your mouth. If your hand itches, money is coming in. I learned many things, but I wouldn't say that I believed. They were all in the same category in my mind. Welcome Baptist Church, the Temple of Dendur, the synagogue, and the Temple of Zeus, where other people went to feel in touch with something larger than themselves, places where I was a tourist and a guest and a visitor, but not at home, not completely at ease. But in addition to being a math major and a wealth manager, My mom was an Aquarius and really into astrology. The books on the shelf in our home included Freud's Interpretation of Dreams, The Physician's Desk Reference, lots of horrifying illustrated guides to sexually transmitted diseases, the DSM, and Linda Goodman's Love Signs. Part of my teenage self-discovery involved reading about my Gemini sun sign, Twin Spirit, Two-Faced, A Communicator, Castor and Pollux, Airy, Quick of Tongue. Two of my heroes, Josephine Baker and Allen Ginsberg, had my same birthday. And every single Prince song seemed to be about his being a Gemini. Duality, am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? In addition to reading about myself, I researched all of my potential love matches. Should I be dating a fierce Aries or an adventurous Sagittarius? Didn't it make total sense that my younger sister and brother were both moody Pisces? Would I eventually marry a gentle, loving Libra? As a college student at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, I got Russian gypsy fortune-telling cards, elaborately painted squares with pictures of symbols like rope, forest, cat, anchor, bread. One winter evening, I threw a huge party, and some of us sat on the hardwood floor, candles burning, consulting the cards anxiously, questioning what the future would hold. Even as we laughed and joked about the odd socialist Russian proverbs tucked inside the book, explaining the cards, if everyone in the town gives a thread, the naked man will have a shirt, 
We leaned in closely and paid attention to what Svetlana was trying to tell us. You will be deceived. You will not find the thing you lost. You will always have the love of great friends. One card said, you will narrowly avoid danger. Eyes wide, we made spooky noises and chuckled. The next day, it was gloriously sunny with low humidity and a soft breeze. A couple of my friends arranged to skip class and sit in Washington Square Park. I decided to do the diligent thing and go to class. Moments later, a commotion. A driver had plowed into the park, killing four people and injuring 27. It was a coincidence, of course, and yet. I found myself turning to the cards over and over. The closer I got to graduation day, a great, unknowable abyss of adulthood yawning in front of me, the more I craved some guidance, some hints, some reminders, some universal truths to internalize and hold on to. My father died when I was in high school. My mother died two years ago. The word orphan only applies to children. I'm a grown-up, and they taught me so many valuable lessons before they left. But after decades of reading them on and off and visiting a reader once or twice a year, last year I took my very first ever tarot class. It was a Sunday morning in a storefront in Brooklyn, and the instructor was brassy and foul-mouthed. He had a shorthand for some of the cards. The Nine of Pentacles, depicted by a woman strolling in a garden with a bird on her finger, a rich bitch. The Five of Wands, where five men are holding clubs and standing in a confused cluster, dudes swinging their dicks around. And the Queen of Swords, who sits turned away from you on a stone throne with a crown made of butterflies, one hand extended and one hand wielding a weapon. That's the Gemini card. She who is independent, unbiased, direct, intellectually powerful, swift of thought, my card. I discovered that reading tarot cards is, ultimately, storytelling, creative writing, based on cues. I'd quit my job and was freelancing and decided to start doing readings, not just for myself, but for my friends, on the zebra rug and the floor in my apartment, in the back of a dark bar in K-Town, at the table after brunch. They would come to me, cheeks flushed, eyes bright brimming with questions. Is he right for me? Should we get married? Should I change careers? Should I move to LA? Okay, I would say. Close your eyes. Think of the question and shuffle the deck. A hush. Lashes down. Focus. And then I'd lay out the cards. The Knight of Cups at the edge of a river, a horse with one hoof up, hesitant, a new romance, pursuing your heart's path, the two of pentacles literally juggling coins. Make a budget. Watch your money. Weigh your options. Strength, a woman embracing a lion. Finding your soft power, the gentle fortitude to calmly get shit done. Sometimes clear answers were right there in the cards, on the table. Three of swords, heartbreak. Hanged man, letting go, change of plans. Nine of swords, staying up all night, worrying. But sometimes it was just about talking through a problem, venting a concern, sharing a secret, voicing a desire. No matter the cards, each reading was followed by laughter and a promise to do it again soon. How can you put a value on two people coming together on a quest like that? The search for meaning, the search for guidance, some clues, some breadcrumbs, standing in the violent storm looking for a north star, asking the universe to illuminate a path. Nothing makes sense, but maybe, just maybe, if you find out it's a new moon 
or if you know that it's part of a cycle, coming around, waxing and waning, it's easier to digest, comprehend, accept. I wouldn't say I believe, but it's enough to remember you're not the first or the last to balance on the rocky cliff of life, look up at the stars, and wonder. That was Dodi Stewart, and now for the song written in response. Uh, my name is Natalia Zuckerman, and I am a singer-songwriter and a painter. It feels like in painting I ask very similar questions that I would in writing a song. In painting something to try to represent it, what's the best way to do it, and what's the kind of the end goal? And that's my, what my writing has become, too. Natalia is also the creator and the star of a one-woman show called The Women Who Rode Away, which allows her to stick to the script. I will leave a stage 100% of the time. I'm not thinking about how many times I messed up because inevitably I messed up a billion times and tomorrow is a new day and I'll get another chance. I'm thinking about the weird thing I said. This is another weird thing I'm saying. Like, I wish I wasn't saying that out loud. I don't want to be having this conversation. You're not just saying (laughs) Nobody can hear you. Recording it. (laughs) Uh, The Women Who Rode Away is stories, songs, and portraits. What I wanted to create was a real um, studio visit setting. So you're coming to visit me, and this is actually goes back to what we were saying. I'm not telling you these are the women you should follow so that you understand what it is to be a queer woman, artist, Jewish, <laughs> in this time in, our, in, in uh, humanity. This is what I created this show for, was to create a platform for other women to tell their own stories. And I think when I'm doing it right, and it's the best case scenario, that's what has happened. That people are coming up to me, not telling me, that was great, I really liked that one song. They're telling me a story about their great aunt, or their teacher who meant so much to them. And it's been amazing to hear It's portraits of these other people, but it's deeply personal. So it's a lot of my own trajectory. And at the time, I was trying to become a mom. And I am no longer trying to do that biologically. It's not the right time. And my biological clock clicked out, timed out. This was something I was talking about earlier. With your daughter, we were talking about um, learning disabilities. And there's, there's things in your life that don't get better necessarily, your skills at dealing with it get better. I think most decisions in my life I have sat with, you know, lists of pros and cons, decided, come to some end decision and felt closure, felt good about. This doesn't feel good, and I don't think it ever will. It's, it's an intense feeling to know I will not have children, and I'm only 44. I imagine like when all my friends are starting to have grandkids, like it'll bring up a whole other thing that I don't even know yet. Yeah, it's, no, it's deeply sad and it, um, I am okay. I don't feel like, it's not something I'm all day, every day, weeping on the bathroom floor, which I did. Don't get me wrong, I think that's an important stage of grieving. What I love about the story is that she doesn't offer you an answer in the end. That's one of my favorite things currently. I have a friend, a really good friend, who's been saying, I don't know and I love you. 
And that's kind of where, where I'm at <laughs> these days. I don't know, and I love you. This is Natalia Zuckerman with her song, Storm Cloud Rising. Some clues, some breadcrumbs, some cartoons, some mythology. Let's go home. Storm cloud rising. Oh Zeus, oh Daphne, fireworks and astrology. was Natalia Zuckerman with her song, Storm Cloud Rising. The next episode of Songwriter will feature a story from Louisa Young and a song written in response by Miranda Joy. Don't forget, the first live show of the season will feature the return of Roxanne Gay and songs written in response by Celise and Toshi Regan. 
The show is presented by the Harlem School of the Arts in association with the Strand Bookstore. And since this is the very first online songwriter show, everyone is invited. You can find tickets at Eventbrite. Songwriter is now a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network, along with some other great podcasts. Make sure to check out americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And you can always get early access to the Songwriter Podcast at Paste. Just go to pastemagazine.com and search for Ben Arthur. And while you're there, check out the Paste Podcast or get it wherever you get yours. And finally, thanks so much to Rob Reinhardt and Acoustic Cafe 